What's up, everybody? I'm Jed. I'm Ashley. And this week, we're wasting our talent with... Angela Hammond. And you own... Main Street Yoga. Sweet. So we were talking about it outside. This is one of the first interviews in a long time that I've done that I actually know anything about who we're interviewing because I've attended your classes. Yeah. So how long have you been operating it? Uh, we opened in it's April 1st, 2016, so a little over three years now. And I'm assuming that you've been doing yoga longer than that. A lot longer <laughs> than that, yeah. Um, I think I, I started doing yoga a little over 20 years ago. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So it was late 90s, and um, someone gave me a book. So I can tell you like the whole long story yeah. if you really yeah, want to hear yeah. it. So there's this um, saying that you don't find yoga, yoga finds you. So at the time I was in college and I was doing a play at Fairmont State and there was a scene where I had to um, do something that was completely incongruous to what other people on stage were doing. So it was mass chaos around me and I had to be doing something just completely different. So the assistant director handed me a yoga book. It was a power yoga book. And I really hadn't had much exposure to yoga before then. But um, so I started looking through this book for crazy things to do on stage. And then I started really reading the book. And then that just evolved into VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> And then DVDs, and then eventually worked my way into a studio class. So, How long have you, uh, well, how long prior to opening the studio had you been considering it? I had always kind of had it in the back of my mind that we needed a studio in Fairmont um, ever since that first yoga class that I took, which, by the way, was nowhere near Fairmont. I decided if I was going to walk into a studio, it was going to be where nobody where knew Where nobody me. knows you. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, um, it, yeah, it just, there was the little seed planted and um, I thought that we really needed something here and I thought it would be really cool to teach yoga one day and possibly open my own studio. Um, so I don't know, maybe at least 10 or 15 years that had been brewing. What was the, uh, what was the kicking off that kind of made you say, now's the time? Oh, yeah. Um, Sheree Ephos started doing yoga in the park. Um, I think it was summer of 2015 or spring of 2015. And at that time, I had a pretty steady practice. And I had a conversation with my husband and I was like, look, this is where I'm at. Apparently, Fairmont's ready for yoga because Sheree was getting a very good turnout at the park. And um, we started talking, Sheree and I, about what was going to happen when the weather turned cold. And so at that point, I think Sheree and I were both looking for um, a place, an indoor place, something that resembled yoga studios that we'd been to. Yeah. And there weren't a lot of options around here. Um, but to go back, because I skipped something, um, I talked to my husband about going to yoga teacher training, and he was like, yeah, you should do it, definitely. 
Um, so I'm super lucky because I have a husband who pretty much supports me um, as long as it's not too far out. Um, so I went and I got my training and in the meantime, Sheree and I were looking for places and we looked at a lot of places and a lot of them were just really, really wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden I was on Facebook one day and Main Street Fairmont um, had posted a picture of the studio, the space that we're in right now. It was just a big empty space with a wooden floor. And I was like, that is it. That is a yoga studio if I've ever seen one. So I met with the, uh, the person who was acting as the executive director at the time and got really excited about it. I think two days later, I signed a lease, and two weeks after that, I opened the doors. So, awesome! Everything just kind of fell into place. Now, are you the only yoga studio in Fairmont? I'm the only yoga studio in Marion County. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. That's awesome that you're the one that brought that to the whole county. Then, yeah, yeah. So from that little seed that was planted like ten or fifteen years ago, it's kind of cool when your dreams really do. Yeah, come I mean, true it, for you. It seems like now, like every time that I've gone in, it's always busy. There's always people. Yeah. Well, you've been coming to my beginner class. Yeah, and yeah. Um, the beginner classes are the most popular classes. Um, that and Sheree's Saturday morning class, the Saturday morning class is usually pretty packed. Yeah. Now, while we're on the topic of classes, um, you offer various types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will you walk us through that? Sure. Um so anytime anyone is considering coming to the studio who doesn't have any experience with yoga, I always steer them towards beginners. or And beginners, um, everyone expects it to be an easy class. It's not always easy. Okay. <laughs> I've yeah. never taken a class, but yoga is not as easy as what it looked like, what experienced people make it look like. Yeah. yeah. So beginners are usually surprised when they end up sweating in class or um, it's just different than what they thought it was going to be because I think there's this conception that um, yoga is just relaxing or it's just stretching and yoga can actually be whatever you want it to be. So beginner's class, even though it's not necessarily an easy class, I do teach modifications in that class um, that makes it doable for people who are brand new to yoga and maybe for people who um, aren't as flexible or as strong or have maybe have some mobility issues. Um, we have several vinyasa classes. And most people don't know what vinyasa means. I I don't know what that means. (laughs) So vinyasa just means to link together in a special way. And it's um, hands down the most popular form of yoga in the United States today. And that's because every class is different. You can come to, uh, whether it's my class every week or maybe you're switching it up between teachers, you're going to get something different every time you come in. But it's a flowing practice. So we flow from one pose to another. So there's not a stopping and starting in between poses. So that's what vinyasa is. Um, Most of those classes are all levels classes, meaning anybody, regardless of their experience, usually can walk into the class and have a good class. Other than that, we have some specialty classes like restorative, 
And restorative really is all about relaxation. We never get off the mat. It is, anybody can do restorative. It's wonderful for the nervous system. It's really good for people who are recovering from any kind of injury or surgery or anything like that. But um, its primary benefit is just um, really activating the parasympathetic nervous system so that the body can calm down and do the kind of house cleaning that it needs to do. It's, it's shifting you into that rest and digest mode where most of us spend most of our days in fight or flight, yeah. just rushing <laughs> here, there, and everywhere. Um, also, another specialty class that we have is um, yin, which looks similar to restorative, but um, it is really all about um, flexibility and not just flexibility in the muscles, but also creating more flexibility in the connective tissue, in the joints, in the ligaments, in the tendons, um, and in the fascia that surrounds our muscles. That sounds like that what sounds we need. Nice, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about yeah. that before you came in, how both of us have done yoga because we're in so much back pain all the time. And a lot of people are in back yeah. pain all the time, and mostly it's because that we, it's it's because we sit so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a hundred years ago, people weren't sitting as much as we do today, um, and normally we're sitting with posture that's not optimal. So our low back kind of curves a little bit, um, and that goes against the way that its natural curve is. Um, So a lot of people come in with back pain. That's probably the the number one complaint that I hear from students is low back pain. Yeah, it's funny. You were were saying about the beginner classes that they're not always easy just because they're beginners. Um, I I was in the military, and I work with a lot of guys that were in the military too. And one of the guys I work with, uh, he's a Marine. And I was telling him, like, yeah, I got I to gotta get out of here. I got to go to yoga. And he's like, yoga? You're doing yoga? I'm like, listen, dude. <laughs> like, it is not easy. Like, I don't want to hear it. I've done a lot of different workouts before, like the CrossFit workouts, the weightlifting, the, the, the force marching, all that stuff. And, and yoga is no joke. Like, it, it's definitely, it's hard in its own way. Because it's, it's one of those things that, like, I remember the first class that we went to. When I was there, I was like, yeah, this isn't bad. Like, this is, this is okay. This is what I thought it would be. And then the next morning, I was like, oh, what is that muscle? Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I've never felt this before in my I life. It was I like things, yeah, things hurt that I didn't even know were there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, how long have I not been, yeah. like, exercising this muscle for? Yeah. And even people who um, do CrossFit or do weight training, you know, usually they're working out those, the big muscles, right? The glamour muscles, the biceps, the triceps, the quads, the glutes, whatever. Um, And they're kind of ignoring all those little tiny stabilizer muscles that do a lot of work for us. Yeah. So I do get, I have a couple guys who do CrossFit who come to my classes regularly and they appreciate that um, they can work those muscles. Um, One guy came to me before a CrossFit competition uh, because he wanted to strengthen his core. He knew that there was um, some integrity issues there that could probably be improved with yoga and it worked. He like won his division, so. Yeah, and that's another thing with the back pain is, um, like I know in the military this was rampant where, you know, you had guys that were really strong, 
mm -hmm. like really strong, sturdy guys. But the, all the stability muscles and the core muscles and everything were just comparatively way underworked. And so you're overcompensating with the big muscles mm -hmm. to do all that fine movement stuff that mm -hmm. really, you know, your core should be handling. And that led to, I, I know that's what messed up my back was because I just, I had really terrible core strength, but I was out, you know, doing heavy lifting all the time and carrying packs and it just it wears on me. And you couple that with the fact that those guys probably aren't stretching. No, oh, never. <laughs> God, no, we never stretch. Ever. And then <laughs> they end up losing range of motion in their shoulders and in their hips and really important joints that um, allow us to do simple things like reach behind us. Get something out of the back of the truck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So when you started it up, um, was it successful right off the bat or did it take a while? It, well, let's see, we opened with um, a donation-based class on a Friday evening. We had, I want to say, 36 people there. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so we had to move the big shelf. Yeah. Push that up against the wall. And we had people literally from the front of the studio all the way to the door. That's amazing. Yeah. For your first class. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, like Sheree had built up that core group of people at the park yeah. who we knew were going to come in. The big question was, are we going to get anyone else? And they showed up. Now, they're yoga at the park. Is that what goes on at Palantine every year? Or is that like there's like a festival, right? Like some kind of. Yeah, she does a festival once a year. And that just happened last month. Um, but she teaches every Tuesday evening. She usually starts late spring and then goes through until the fall. And she also teaches at your studio. She also teaches at my studio, yeah. How many instructors do you have? Right now it's me and four other teachers. So we started with just me and Sheree. So you've got a big thing going on. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah, and I just recently started training people to teach yoga. So that's brand new for me. Um, and again, wasn't sure how that was gonna fly. Right. Cause there are a couple places in Morgantown that offer teacher training. Um, and I just, I, I didn't know what to expect. I knew there were a few people at my studio who were interested in it, but I didn't know if anyone else would show up. So I've ended up with 10 teacher trainees, which I thought that was my goal. I wasn't sure if I could reach it, um, but I did. So that's really exciting too. So do they like attend a special class? Yeah, so um, we meet every other Sunday and we usually start at like nine in the morning and they're there until about five or six o'clock in the evening. Wow. And it takes about nine months because it's a 200 hour program. So they need 180 contact hours with me or with a trainer that is certified to teach people to teach yoga. That's intense. It is intense. So uh, since you've been doing this for 20 years, hmm. do you ever get tired of it? No. Or do you still love it every single I time? I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, I was never a person who enjoyed exercise. Um, 
and I tried various things over the years and I stuck with some longer than others. Yoga is the only thing that I have been consistent with, um, well, for over two decades now, so. Do you ever find it hard to, um, like, do you ever hit like a wall where you're just like, you, you need to find something new to try? It's funny how a yoga practice progresses, right? Because when you're new, you're just trying to learn those basic poses. And usually that happens pretty quickly. Um, if people are practicing just on their own and they're not going into a studio, they can plateau pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's when you go into a studio and um, you know, you've got a brand new person in front of you, you've got a brand new voice to listen to, and you've got people around you who are doing things that you may or may not have seen before, um, your practice starts to expand from there. Um, and then when I went through teacher training, my practice expanded exponentially. You know, there's just so much that you learn in such a short period of time. Um, so you go through the thing where you're um, kind of obsessed with things like headstand and arm balances and things like that. So there's this expansion that happens. Um, But then once you get to a certain point, you start to deepen your practice and it becomes less about, can I stand on my head today or can I do this arm balance today? And it becomes more about really focusing in on what's happening um, with your breath, with you know the tiny little muscles in the body, um, what's happening in your mind when you're in a certain pose. So a yoga practice can progress in those two different ways, expansion and deepening. Yeah, you. Uh, that's actually one of the things that I enjoyed the most about coming in and doing the classes. Cause like I'd always, I'd always thought about, you know, just watching YouTube videos and just like doing it at home and that's that kind of thing. That's the only thing I've ever done. What's awesome for me about coming in is that one of the things that I always just, it's, this is so lazy to say, but like when I work out, it's like, I don't want to have to think about like, okay, what do I need to do today? I need to do, you know, am I doing these exercises? How many should I do? You know, what am I going to do next? It's like, what's nice about coming into the classes, I can just come in and like almost go on autopilot. And it's just like, okay, you said do that. Cool. I'm going to do that now. And you just, you don't have to think about it. You just do what you're supposed to be doing at that point in time, and you just focus on um, the, you know, you always say, you know, like, think about your breathing. Like, think about it. And really, like, actually focus on it. And I had never done that before. Mm -hmm. So that was, like, a weird moment for me because I was like, oh, gosh. That can be so meditative. Yeah. Like, it's so just everything else kind of fades out. And you just focus on you yes. and what's going on in your body. And it's just so relaxing when you're doing that. Yeah. The big light bulb moment for me, though, was uh, the, you know, release your neck. And it was like, I, I never realized how tight my neck is all day long. <laughs> and it was just like the, the best feeling ever to just let go of like all that tension in your neck. Like, it feels so good. Yeah so relaxing and I give those little cues and 
I can give them over and over and over again. But every time I do, like you can see someone has forgotten that they're holding tension oh, in their I'll neck. Do it someone all the time, yeah. has forgotten that they're holding tension in their shoulders. And um, yeah, it doesn't matter how many times I say it, people will release a little bit more each and every time. Yeah. But that's that's what's nice about it. It's like you don't you know, you don't have to stress over building out a workout for yourself because you just you just do. And that's one of the things I miss most about, um, as a teacher, I'm constantly thinking mm -hmm. during the classes that I teach. So when I get the rare opportunity to walk into a class and take a class that someone else is teaching, it's like, oh, this is so <laughs> do you still awesome. Do that? Do yeah, you still I do as often classes? as I can. Yeah. Yeah. It's super important. And I, I practice on my own. Um, so it's not that I'm using my teaching as my own practice, although my own practice informs the way I teach. Um, but yeah, there's just something completely different about letting someone else tell you what to do. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Less thinking for yourself. <laughs> so I know you have the Facebook, mm -hmm. um, and I know you guys have an awesome website, by the way. I like your oh, awesome website. Oh, thank you. I built it myself, and I know nothing about it anything so I, I will say that. that was one of the things that impressed me the most before I came in was um, you know we, we, we do a lot of local stuff obviously and that's one of the things that I think locally we lack really badly is is uh, you know businesses that are local just don't take advantage of all of the avenues that they have to advertise themselves whether it be social media or just a well-built good looking website. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I looked at your website, I was like, man, this looks nice. Like somebody put thought into this to make this look good, like to be presentable and aesthetic and kudos to you for that. Oh, very I'm so good flattered. <laughs> um, so your Facebook is Main Street Yoga? Main Street Yoga FMT, FMT. is an abbreviation for Fairmont.net or .com. Either one will take you to the website. Okay. Yeah. And you post your schedules on the website, right? Yeah, so our calendar is there. There are class descriptions there. Um, there are there's our, our pricing information is there, and you, there's actually a link to where you can go and buy class passes online before you come to the studio and get all that out of the way. Um, and for anyone listening, you don't have to have like appointments for the classes. No, and. Um, I want people to feel like they can just walk in at any time and take a class. Oh, you don't have to be signed up in advance. No. Well, that's that's really nice. That's yeah. convenient for people like me that I never know what I'm doing. Right? Yeah. Well, and I know that a lot of studios aren't that way. Um, and it can be cumbersome sometimes mm -hmm. because, like, what if you do decide, like, 30 minutes before class, like, oh, I've got a little time. I'm going to go do this. Um, and I want people to feel like they can do that for sure. And you guys offer... Um, I know the Wednesday night one because I go to that one. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you said Saturday morning. I know there's another morning one, right, that you guys just started doing? Yeah, so I teach two morning classes, um, Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Um, and the Wednesday class is just a summertime thing. Um, I teach that mostly for uh, school teachers and people who have the summers off. Um, they can come in and take a morning class. Uh, the Friday one I keep year-round. Um, I just drew a blank. <laughs> I know there's one Monday, um, 
yoga Jess for and strength. I have been wanting to come in too. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga for strength. People are afraid of that class. That one sounds like it's it going to hurt. Sounds me. <laughs> I, it sounds I And maybe we need to rename it. It really should be yoga for building strength. Because that's what it is. It's poses that focus on strengthening the body as opposed to, I mean, every class is a balance of strength and flexibility, um, but that one focuses a little bit more on strength. Yeah. Now, do you guys offer or have you ever thought about doing private lessons? We do offer private lessons. Um, I think pretty much all of our teachers are available to do that at different times. Um, and if that's something you're interested in, all you need to do is email us at MainStreetYogaFMT at gmail.com. Boom. Now, yeah. I think the reason that I've never taken a class is partially because I'm just busy. I've got kids and they're crazy mm -hmm. and everywhere. But I think a lot of it is anxiety, like, I really want to do it. And then I'm like, I just don't know if I want to do it in a class with a bunch of other people. And I've said that to people before that have taken yoga classes and they're like, no, you will get in there and you will love it because everybody else is new at it too in the class that you're going to be in. And I think, do you get a lot of people that leave a class and they're like, I was really nervous when I came in, but now I love it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I, People will say, I can't believe it took me this long to come yeah. in here. I'm so sorry I waited. I should have come in. Um, one of the things that I think we do really well at Main Street Yoga is we make everyone feel comfortable. Um, there's not um, any sort of pre... We don't take it too seriously. Yeah. We want people to come in and have a good experience. Um, we want everyone to feel welcome. And it's a very conscious effort on our part to get that to happen. And for people like you who have kids at home, um, even if you are practicing at home, chances are when you're there and you're trying to practice, whether you're trying to do it on your own or you're using a YouTube video, um, there are probably a million other things going on around you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you're probably thinking in the back of your mind, I really should be doing the laundry or I really should be doing the dishes. <laughs> Where when you go into a studio, that's your time. You know, you can't do anything else when you're there. And you're able to focus in on yourself in a way that you can't do at home. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the winter classes, I loved those because it was, you know, you come in and it's like already dark out and the lights are low, and the music is like really calming, and it's just, oh, it's so relaxing. <laughs> yeah, as much as I love the extra daylight in the summer, there is something special about coming into the studio when it's dark outside. Oh, yeah. Like, I, there were several times where I almost fell asleep because I would just be like focusing on relaxing, and I'm like, oh, wake up. Oh. <laughs> we're moving to a different pose. <laughs> People do occasionally fall asleep in class, and that's okay. I will oh, let them sleep. Oh, I have sleep. definitely fallen asleep on a yoga mat in my living room, so yeah. I can imagine when the setting is right, falling asleep in a class. Yeah, I had um, uh, two groups of high school students come in this past week. Um, they were at a summer camp um, at WVU, and I took them through some, like your like a yoga practice, um, and I did some meditation with them and I did some breathing exercises with them. And then I put them in Shavasana. 
and Shavasana is our final resting pose in any yoga class. Oh, I love that one. And I did um, kind of a full body relaxation exercise with them where we started at the toes and just started releasing muscles like the toes, the feet, the ankles, and all the way up. Uh, by the end of that, four out of ten of the kids were asleep. <laughs> and one was not responding to being nudged. Oh. <laughs> Poor thing was you out You know cold. what? They probably needed it. <laughs> That's what I said. Was I never wake people up in a yoga class. They probably do need some sleep. You just, you never think about that. Like, you know, like, no, if... I would never in my life on my own think about relaxing my toes. But I did it just now whenever you said that. Oh, yeah, I did And it's too. like, I was oh, like, my oh. God, why is this like, why is my body this way? Like, why am I so tense? Why am I like this? <laughs> well, we're like that for a lot of reasons. Um, we're constantly bombarded with things that are stressful in one way or another, whether it's... Um, television or social media or someone cutting you off in traffic or you're sitting at your desk trying to get something done and your shoulders are creeping closer and closer and closer to your ears. Um, we're under a lot of stress these days. We need to let go of it. Constant so, pressure to do everything yes. and be everything and be yes. everywhere. Yeah. 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 Nobody thinks I need to schedule time to relax. Like that's not a thing people do unless they're taking a yoga class or they're, you know, making a conscious effort to sit down and meditate or something like that. But how many people are really scheduling relaxation into their day? They're not. And they're not even scheduling yoga classes into their day. So when people come to me and they say, oh, I wish I had the time to come in. And I'm like, put it on your calendar. Treat it like a doctor's appointment. Get there. Make it non-negotiable. Make, yeah. you know. Make whatever arrangements you need to make to get yourself on the mat. Makes a huge difference. Oh, it does. I need to go more. <laughs> so badly. <laughs> so um, I have some pretty regular people in my Sunday evening classes. Um, and I alternate at 7 o'clock on Sunday evenings. I alternate restorative and yin. And it's like pressing the reset button for your week. Like it's just like flushing away everything that's been going on and totally resetting body and mind, getting ready for a new week. So I love my Sunday evening classes. Yeah. Super relaxing. So do you have any plans or have you thought about ever expanding? Yes. Yeah? Yes. I love the space we're in now and it's serving us very well. It's a good location. At the moment, yeah. But... As we get more teachers in who offer more services, it gets harder and harder to schedule time in the studio. So one of the reasons that my yoga teacher training meets every other Sunday is because that was the only day I had where the, whole, the studio was free all day long. Um, we have one teacher uh, Jennifer Sunderland, who offers Reiki, and she's amazing at it. I was actually going to ask you if you do Reiki there. What is what is Reiki? <laughs> <laughs> so Reiki is energy work. Um, and I guess the simplest explanation I can give is that it allows your body to completely relax so that it can start to repair itself 
basically. Um, but Jen is absolutely amazing. She's the only Reiki practitioner who works on me right now. <laughs> Um, but she offers that at the studio and, um, you know, sometimes it's difficult for her to find time to get into, um, into the studio when no one else is there and using it. So it would be nice to have a larger space where we could offer, um, our public classes as well as intensive private classes like the yoga teacher training. And Jen also offers, uh, Reiki training to people who want to learn how to practice Reiki. Wow. Um, and then also have like a couple of small rooms where we can do um, Reiki or massage or offer services like that as well. And have enough room that we're not walking all over each other. Right. You know? Are you wanting to stay here? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Fairmont's home. Yeah. This is, I mean, you got a good thing going here. I do have a good thing going. You do. You guys are the... Big fish in the pond right now. Well, the only fish in the pond. The only, the only, <laughs> the only pond, I guess. <laughs> um, but really, the people who walk into the studio are the most amazing people, and it's just been like one good surprise after another. Um, all of the students who come to the studio especially those who are there on a regular basis. They're just the most amazing people in their own right. And they contribute to that welcoming feeling that people get when they come in. Um, so I'm super grateful for all the people who show up. So do you just feel like you're surrounded by great energy all the time at your job? Yeah, for like, sure. What that an exceptional nice. thing. <laughs> it is super nice. So I had a very traditional job up until a couple of years ago. Um, I worked behind a desk from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday. And um, I was good at my job, and I felt uh, appreciated. And I was lucky in that way that, you know, I wasn't completely miserable at my desk job. But this is just a totally different thing altogether. Yeah. It's a complete lifestyle change. And to get up in the morning and be excited to go to the studio and spend, you know, on a teacher training day, I'm there between 10 and 12 hours. And to be excited about that, yeah. that's amazing. It is amazing. I'm so lucky. <laughs> so would you say, I mean, I think, I think it probably has, but has it exceeded your expectations? Definitely. Yeah. Um, like I said, when, when we opened, I, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, and it just keeps surprising me in really good ways. Now, is this your first business? So, yeah. It's the first so how was that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there were some learning curves, right? There were, but those learning curves were not quite as curvy as they would have been had my husband not opened his own business ah. a couple of years before I did. So I had so someone to, to watch his you had some curves. insight. Yeah. 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 Even though his business is completely different from mine, like I had someone to, to help me navigate 
all the little things that go into that. And then my number one rule was just keep your overhead low and keep it simple. And I've done that. And that's helped a lot too. Be good to the people that are helping you build your business. And, yeah. and it's great that you have a supportive husband because I'm sure that makes all the difference in the world. I know it does. My, I have one too. And I mean, you just, you look like you were, or you seem like you were set up for it. Like you were ready to do it when you did it. Everything just kind of fell into place. Yeah. Um, you know, and it sounds kind of, I don't know, hokey or woo-woo to say, like, everything happens in the time and the way that it's supposed to. But that's been my experience these last three years is that, you know, everything just kind of falls into place when you're ready for it. Rather than force it. Yeah. And then just, like, people walk through my door ready to offer me things that I'm ready to accept at that time. And it's just been this, I don't know. My, my entire worldview has shifted these last three years. It almost sure. sounds like surreal for you. Yeah. It does. Like, there are times I have to actually pinch myself. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so outside of yoga. Yeah. What are your hobbies? What are my hobbies? <laughs> Um, more yoga (laughs) so not so much a hobby but kind of um, something else that I've gotten into in the past two years is health coaching Um, and that started because I had people coming to yoga classes saying you know and, and even after one class they would say I can't believe how much better I feel and then they would keep coming and they were coming once a week and commenting about how much better they felt. And like, I could do so much more for you. Like if this one class a week is doing this for you, like there's a whole other world out there that I can teach you about. So I got some training. I got certified as a health coach and um, offer that now. Um, I enjoy bike riding. Ooh. Yeah. I like bike riding as well. Yeah. Bought myself a, re- a decent bike for the first time ever, and I love it. Do you trail ride or street ride? I just, I'm on the um, rail trail. That's, I ride the rail trail normally. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. It's, it's relatively flat. You know, you can, if you want to go hard one day, you can, but then if you just want to have a nice, relaxing ride, you can do that too. Most of the time I have my grandson with me, and he's nine years old, so it's usually a very relaxing pace. <laughs> But every once in a while, I get out on my own and try to push myself. That's so, nice. So, back to the health coaching thing. Can yeah. you elaborate what what you're doing for people with that? Yeah, sure. Um, the course that I teach is a group course, so I'm not coaching one on one just yet. Although I would like to offer that um, sometime in the future. Uh, but it's a group coaching course where we learn different habits that have evolved from yoga and from Ayurveda. Most people don't know what Ayurveda is, but it's one of the oldest holistic wellness systems in the world. Um, And it evolved at the same time yoga did. So when those two things evolved, uh, yoga taught us how to take care of the mind because way back then there were no poses. It was all about meditation and breathing. Uh, So yoga took care of the mind, and Ayurveda took care of the body. 
So this course combines those two things along with uh, some behavioral science, like how I teach you how to build good habits. Um, and then there's the group accountability aspect of it, which is really the glue that holds it all together. So I have over, I have about 40 people enrolled in my health coaching course oh, wow. right now. And um, recently started doing some online meetings. So um, we bounce back and forth between online meetings and meetings in person at the studio. And a couple of the women who joined while they were living here have moved away. One is in Massachusetts, one's in Delaware, so they can still attend meetings online. Um, it's working out really well. So I guess my next step with that is like really, really pushing out into the online space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I just saw something the other day that West Virginia, I think we got it again. I think it's a record that we still hold. Oh, I don't think we broke it, but um, I think we've just had it that we're like the number one state for obesity. Yeah. And we're like top three in terms of just in general least healthy. Yeah. So there's definitely a need. <laughs> there's definitely a need. Oh, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, I think the people that are the worst off are not interested in making changes that yeah. they need to make. Um, I think people get really complacent and think that they have reached a point where they can't get better. That's a good point. Yeah. You're right. I think that it, you just reach a point where you're like, there's no way I'm, there's no going back at this point, you know? Yeah. And I don't know that the medical field does much to change that. Yeah. Because they're perfectly willing to write a prescription oh, yeah. and tell someone to go on their way and no, you don't really have to change what you eat, you know? It's okay that you're not exercising. Just take this pill. You'll be fine. Um, that's not always the case. Um, my own personal physician does not ascribe to that value. <laughs> but, um, but there are some out there that are like that. I think for people who do want to be as healthy as they can be and want to make changes and they realize they need to make changes, for them, I think it's a matter of there's so much information out there now and overwhelming yeah. it's totally overwhelming and you can get confused because you find one article that says this is good for you and another article that says that same thing is bad for yep. you so what's great about the program that i offer is it's just basically common sense and it's about paying attention to how different things affect you because you could eat a steak and feel fine I can eat a steak and I'm going to feel miserable for 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just about people getting people to slow down and realize how the choices they make on a day to day basis. Pay attention to what they're actually doing. Affect them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, um, I think in this state, especially it's like, the unhealthiness and the complacency behind it is just kind of baked in at such a young age. Because, mm -hmm. and it's like, it, nobody does it in a, it's not done in a malicious way. It's just, it just is. Like, I, I remember, like, my family, you know, we eat, like, not healthy food. <laughs> we never did. It was always like, 
you know, home cooked meals with like so much butter and everything. And yeah. Like, way too much sugar in the tea. And like, oh, I, yeah, it wasn't until very recently, like very, like in the past year that I realized that like you could just eat like vegetables, <laughs> like not cooked. Like you could just eat vegetables. You could just pick it up and eat it. Yeah. You could just sit and just eat a pepper. Yeah. Like, that blew me away that people do that. And then I started doing it and like I instantly just started feeling better. Like, you know, I didn't do it to lose weight. I didn't really do it to be any healthier or anything like that. But it was just like, it just made me feel better. Yeah. Just like yeah. eating actual food. Like that was a new thing for me. It's so easy to fall into bad eating habits. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to fall into bad ones than it is to get on board with good ones. And I'm not sure if it's just because we're programmed to walk towards the sugary crap foods or overeat or whatever it is. Like, I don't know if it's because eating healthier seems like more work. Well, I think people just get really discouraged, too, because like if you go to somebody and say, hey, um, you know, eat 300 calories less a day and walk a mile a day. And in the course of a year, you'll lose 10 pounds, whatever but you'll be way healthier for it. Well, they're looking at it as, well, I want to lose 40 pounds. So 10 pounds in a year, that's not good enough. So they go on these like crazy crash diets and these like ridiculously way over the top workouts and then they get themselves hurt or they, you know, they can't maintain the diet and they gain all the weight back. And it's this like vicious cycle that just beats down on their self-esteem and they just like, they get stuck in a rut, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you really want to get healthy, you need to find something that is going to be sustainable throughout your life because the gaining weight and losing weight and gaining weight and losing weight. That's very bad for you. It's very hard on your body. Yeah. 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 So one of the reasons that I I became like super health conscious, um, both of my grandmothers died in their early 60s, which in this day and age is really young. Mm Um, so I got to be about 38 <laughs> and I was like, I really need to start making some changes. I was practicing yoga, but like, I, and I was trying to eat healthy, but at, it was at that point that I really became conscious of, okay, your DNA has some stuff in it that makes heart disease, uh, it, you're going to be targeted by heart disease. You're going to be targeted. My my one grandmother was a diabetic. Um, so it was at that point that I really started to focus in on my health. And just like we were talking about, it was, it was very overwhelming trying to figure out what's good, what's bad. When you learn just to do what you said, like eat some vegetables and notice that yeah. you feel better. Yeah. Um, yeah, just noticing what things make you feel good and what things make you feel like crap. Yeah, I I got I'm just as guilty as anybody else of eating crap food. And I mean, I just I love junk food. Like I'm sure a lot of people Same. just love junk food. Sure. And my husband is diabetic and diabetes runs really bad in my family and I'm like and we have kids. Yeah. And I'm like, man, they are just they're screwed if we don't teach some healthy eating habits and I'm like yeah I would love to lose a few pounds in the process but I just want to feel better I don't want to wake up every day dreading having to stand up out of bed Mm -hmm. and just feeling sluggish and it taking me two hours to feel awake Mm -hmm. and we started like just cutting out processed sugars and replacing it with like a banana like we're still eating sweet stuff but we're not eating little Debbie cakes 
twice a day. Like we're just eating, my kids have always eaten healthier than me. And I'm like, that's probably why they springboard out of bed every morning. And I'm, I wake up and I'm like, uh, but then just after like a week of eating good foods, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I can just wake up and I'm awake and I feel fine and I don't need coffee. And oh, I don't whoa, need to whoa, sit whoa. down as soon as I stand up. No, <laughs> I don't. No, whoa. I still drink it. Hold I don't, on. I didn't need it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm never going to get rid of it, but I didn't feel like it was like There's a, line. a necessary part of my diet. You almost crossed it. <laughs> I love coffee. I would never, yeah. ever, ever talk bad about coffee. Coffee is awesome as long <laughs> as you're not overdoing it, I right? Really it. Everything I I in moderation. Oh yeah, I'll totally drink coffee till 3 p.m. Yeah. and then realize no. I'm shaking. I fully, oh my gosh. I fully accept that I overdo coffee. That's just, I do too. It's like one of those things. I've always, I've always felt in my life that you know you, you can't fix everything. Some things you just have to accept for what they are. <laughs> for me, coffee is one of those things. Like I just, it's his kryptonite. That's. So here's what I tell here's happening. here's what I tell the people that I coach. I'm okay with you drinking coffee as long as you drink water before you drink your coffee. That was another habit I tried to get into and I've I slack on it, but wake up and drink water first thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I they can start small. They can start with just a small amount of water, but I'm like you want to work your way up to where you're the amount of water you're drinking is equal to the amount of coffee you're drinking. So if you're drinking a 16 ounce cup of coffee, make sure you have at least 16 ounces of water before you drink that coffee. That. Yeah. Cause I don't drink nearly enough water. I never I'm, have. I'm not ever. great. You're not alone. Yeah. My husband is chronically dehydrated. Yeah, I'm constantly too. on his back to drink water. Yeah. Yeah. I've always had like a weird like, I know I should be drinking more water, but it's just, I don't know. I just never have. Like, even when, um, like, when I went through boot camp, the, they, they make you uh, carry canteens around with you everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to drink, like, so many canteens a day. And they keep track of it because they don't want you to be dehydrated. And, like, they would have to force me to drink the canteens. Like, literally, they would come around <laughs> and they would be like, your canteen's full. Finish it, like, right now. Finish it and go get another one. And like when I was in, when I was stationed in North Carolina, like we'd be out on like weapons ranges and it would be like, you know, 110 degrees or something. And I would just sit and sweat all day, but I would have like a bottle of water, maybe. And yeah. I just never drank water. Like I, I don't know. I feel like I'm just a sponge inside. <laughs> it's like an old kitchen sponge inside of me. All dried out. That's the most disturbing <laughs> description. <I've> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to try that though, because me. I will have my coffee. So if I if I make it to where like I have to drink water in order to have my coffee, that'll probably be the it's only way. Like your way. reward yes. for drinking more water. It's like, all right, yeah. hurry up and drink this water so you can have your coffee. If you really want to be good about it, um, put some fresh squeezed lemon juice in your water. Oh, that's the best way to have yep. it. Because that's alkalizing to your body, and the coffee is very acidic. Oh. So it's mm. a never. nice little I mean, way I like to balance lemon in my your water. Anyway, yeah, I think, so never, that works for me. I guess thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. So what's on the horizon for you? Anything? Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm constantly learning new things. I'm currently enrolled in a 
500 hour teacher training program. So I'm, I'm at the 200 hour level now. Oh, so you just have to do 300 more. So I need an extra 300 okay. to get to the 500. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is rough. Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently enrolled in that. Um, I do that at um, Asheville Yoga Center in Asheville, North Carolina. I was just there for a bachelor party. It's That's awesome. an awesome place. It is a wonderful city, yes. I love it there. Um, and I'm also enrolled in an Ayurvedic health counselor program, which is a 600-hour program. My goodness. So that is where the one-on-one -on -one coaching is going to come into play. So once I've got that, um, that training finished, then I can start working with people one-on-one. -on -one so you'll be like a personal health coach. Yes. Yeah. So you're pretty driven. Absolutely. I am I'm a sponge in a different kind of way. Like my brain is a sponge and I just want to soak She's up like as a much. natural sea sponge, not an old dirty kitchen sponge. <laughs> Thanks. That was nice. Because like we've we've been talking this whole time about like, you know, how it's exceeded all of your expectations and you're doing really well and like you're thinking about expanding and then yeah. you're taking all kinds of training. Yeah. Like you you're not the one you're not one to just like sit and rest on on your laurels. No, I want to be able to offer the people in my community as much good things yeah. <laughs> as I can, you know? But Marion County needs it. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my purpose. Dogs or cats? Ooh. <laughs> um, Don't say I, cats. He's going to be upset. <laughs> I have cats. I have cats too. Okay, so. Are you not a pet person? Oh no, I have pets. Um, our dog is very much my husband's dog. Like she tolerates me, but she accepts you there. Yeah, she's like, you're all right, <laughs> but this guy, he's 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 the real thing. Um, a couple of years ago, I decided to get a cat. And my husband says it was one of the worst decisions I ever made. <laughs> Um, the cat is kind of a pain, and she thinks they she's a dog, are. and yeah, yeah. People either really, really love cats, or they're like, eh, I have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I was just looking for this little, like, personal companion to come, like, you know, I don't know, sit on my lap when my husband's petting the dog or whatever <laughs> and she's not about that That's at all the thing she about cats. Just, they don't care what your expectations yeah she wants to go are. outside and kill things yeah. like if they so. if they want to be loved on like they will come get the love yeah otherwise they're just like you can just stay over there i'm good so yeah. you have one cat and one dog one cat and one dog that's how normal people do it dad listen all right <laughs> i have no children jed has i can have as many animals dogs. as i want five five dogs yes Okay. Three cats. Okay. Yeah. We don't. We don't. Jet's have kids. gonna be on we next like month's pets. episode of Hoarders. We like <laughs> pet hoarders. We haven't gotten a new dog though in over a year. So. Wow. <laughs> is that like a record? It it is yeah. Actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like dogs. We've actually we want to um, at some point we don't know when but we've thought about opening up a uh, a rescue. Specifically oh. for uh, healers, because we've got the two healers, and they they have a really 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 bad habit of being given up for adoption. Really? Because yeah, oh. well they're they're herding dogs, right? 
and they're called healers because uh, they bite the heels mm-hmm. of cattle. Um, but people that get these dogs... They bite everything. Like, they'll bite you. <laughs> they don't hurt you. Right. They just, they nip. They, like, nip with their front teeth. But wouldn't you think people that get these dogs would... They don't know. Do they don't look into it. Look they just see a cute before. little puppy, and they take it home, and then, you know, six months later, it's this tornado of energy that destroys everything in the house and bites them all the That's time. That's how I feel with my children. I was like, oh, they were so cute when they were <laughs> What happened? Now they just destroy everything and bite. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we've thought about, like, having our own, like, little adoption or, like, like a boarding kennel. Um, we've actually, one thing that I've been doing lately is uh, there's, so, like, if, if one of these dogs gets given to a shelter um, and it's a kill shelter and they don't get adopted out in a while, there's groups that basically look for them. And when they find them in a kill shelter, they'll, the they'll go get dog. them. Yeah. Yeah. They'll go get them out of the shelter and then take them to uh, like certified fosters and then get them adopted out. Uh, and they're nonprofit. So mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll basically, if they find a dog, they'll get it, they'll get it out. They'll pay everything that they have to, to get it out. And then they'll have volunteers uh, pick up legs and transfer the dogs from wherever they are to wherever the foster is. And so, mm-hmm. I've started doing that anytime they come through this area. I'll pick up a leg and transport them. Nice. Yeah. Me giving back to my little doggers. <laughs> yeah. We, sh- we need to stop talking about dogs. I told you it was going to happen. We have to talk about other things. <laughs> All right. Um, I see you're wearing a Laramar necklace. Yeah. Yeah. So what is, what's your favorite crystal? Because you do Reiki there, so mm-hmm. I would assume you probably have one in your head that is your favorite. Um, Labradorite. Me too. Really? Yes, absolutely. So I have another pendant that's Labradorite, and it is, it's got the most amazing flash yeah. to it. Yeah. I just ordered a Labradorite pop socket for the back of my phone. <gasps> what? Yep, I'll Where? show you. I'll show you. When we're done. <laughs> I'll show you. When You're going to have to give me yep. the website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a nice little collection of crystals at home. It just keeps growing. Yeah, it's very addictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a good addiction to have. Yeah, I was in Sedona um, week before last, and Sedona is like crystal heaven. There is a crystal shop everywhere you turn. Where is this? Sedona, Arizona. Oh, okay. I walked into one store. And there was the biggest piece of lapis I had ever seen in my life. Normally when you see lapis, it's like mm-hmm. a little, I, this thing must have weighed 50 pounds. It was unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah. I go to one in Tennessee near where my mom lives mm-hmm. and it's a, like a mine and gem store and stuff like that. And I mean, it's just so overwhelming to walk in there because <laughs> it's, you want everything. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it can get expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but you walk in, and it's just like, <gasps> breathtaking. Mm. Like, it's just, there's, all of it's beautiful. All mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that, like, I've never even seen before in person. And it's, you can't, you can't get from a picture what you can see in person with that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> well, our show's producer is telling me that we need to cut the music because <laughs> it's three and we don't want to make you late. Yeah, I have a class to teach. Yes. So, in closing, Facebook. 
Main Street Yoga FMT. Mm-hmm. Also, MainStreetYogaFMT.com is the website. Uh-huh. And they can find all the classes on there, the schedule, and they can even pay for it. Yes. And then if they email you, MainStreetYogaFMT at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Happy else? to answer any questions. Yeah. Anything we didn't cover? No. Good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for being on. Thank you.